Welcome to another episode of Amazing Individuals. We are your hosts, Lisa and Kurt Noble. On our show, we talk to individuals with intellectual disabilities and the people that support them. On today's episode, we will be talking to Christine Hughes. She is a Special Olympics athlete from North Carolina and was recently appointed to the United States Athlete Leadership Council as a Southeast representative. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, could you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Well, uh, I'm a very unique individual. <laughs> I, uh, I did not start my Special Olympics career, as you want to call it, um, until 2002. So before I became a Special Olympics athlete, even though I had an intellectual disability, just didn't know it at the time, I served my country in the United States Navy. Um, I was a forest firefighter in California with the California Conservation Corps. I'm a three-sport athlete, both in high school and college, tennis, soccer, and softball. Um, I've had many wonderful opportunities, many experiences, sorry, before I learned about my intellectual disability. But in 2002, I um, applied and was accepted to become an athlete in Special Olympics Idaho. And so that's where my career started. And um, I now currently live in North Carolina and I'm very active in Special Olympics North Carolina, both as an athlete, And now as the full-time athlete leadership manager, I've been in that position for probably about seven years now, I would say. Congratulations on becoming full-time because I, yeah, I I saw that on Facebook the other day. So um, that's, that's a great, and you know, you and I share kind of a a similar past. I joined, I didn't make it probably as far as you did, but I did try to join the Navy um, back in 93 in 94, but I had some uh, breathing issues, so I wasn't able to make it past boot camp. So, <laughs> so uh, did you go to boot camp in Orlando or did you co- go to Great Lakes? I went to boot camp in Orlando. Okay, um, that's where I went too. So. And so that's going to be, for me, it's going to be a homecoming because mm-hmm. I'm going to the USA Games uh, in June. And so I'm looking forward to getting to go see where the base formerly stood. There is a park there now with some... Mm-hmm signage um talking about the base and some statues that they created so yeah that's one thing i'm like if we can get a chance to go i think that's where i would love to do that because you know i mean i you know i i would love to see where the what they you know where it used to be you know so but yeah they were there was a few things we didn't get to do when i was there like the ship Mm-hmm. That was formerly there. It would be it, because it was it was uh, deemed unsafe, so that we could no longer use that that ship. But it was. I heard the stories about it from the older veterans. <laughs> yes, I I had to, and it was like you know you know it sounded fun, so you know that sounded like a good time. So so well um. Okay. Why is Special Olympics important to you? Um, Special Olympics gave a a face to my intellectual disability. 
Um, because up until 2000, I didn't know that I had an intellectual disability. I knew that I was different, um, but that I struggled with school and different things uh, along with bullying and stuff. But I really didn't know why, why it happened um, or what it was. And so it helped me to understand that I have an intellectual disability um, and to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, I have um, high-functioning autism, and I mean, for the longest time, you know, they didn't call it that, you know, and I didn't know until I was probably, I think I officially got diagnosed when I was in my 30s. So, you know, so, and that's the hard part, you know, when you don't, when you know you have something, and but you just don't know what it is, you know, and then, you know, and then I see all these programs now, which is a good thing that they have them, but you know, I wish they would have had them, you know, back, you know, when I was going to school or whatever. So I agree. I wish uh, Unified Champion Schools was around when I was in school. Because mm. um, even if I didn't know at the time, it's it still I could have possibly taken part right. and not been bullied so much. Um, right. It would have been a whole different world, I think, if I had that back when I was in school. Almost definitely. And you had the lucky, what, where'd you go to school? You went to Park. Yeah, and you, he was lucky enough where, that's the kind of, what, maybe describe what that school was like. Uh, For people. People with disabilities. So they teach them how to like, what? They to, clean, cook. Um, uh, live on your own. Live on your own. So it's, well, you know, so, but it's it's a unique school. I mean, it's not one that, you know, is around that much, but, you know, at least he that has that opportunity. But again, there's still, even now, there's still not that, you know, many around. There should be more. Like I said, I'm glad that Unified Championship Schools comes, and hopefully there will be more out there. So, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Here in North Carolina, we've done really well with our Unified Champion Schools. So um, I'm excited to see that the future generations won't have to go through what we went through. Oh, I agree, because I felt like I remember, you know, that it wasn't even talked about, you know, that much, or, you know, and I know, you know, for example, like, I know when I was, when I was in school, I mean, my mom was, was told, and I was told that I was never going to graduate high school or anything, so, you know, and back then, you know, that's what the outcome was, you know, it was like, you know, there wasn't that much help, you know, for people like us, where now there is, so. Yeah, I was told that. I would never graduate from college, let alone get a degree. I would never do this, that. I've already blown those out of the water. <laughs> right. I, I think it, back then, I think they just didn't know, you know, know any better. And, you know, they weren't. They So I think that's kind of what they were just told to, to or taught to say, you know. Yeah. So, yep. But hopefully, you know, hopefully we're changing that. So, you know, so. Hopefully. Yeah. So you can ask this one. Where is it? Right here, outside. Um, outside of being an athlete, you also work for Special Olympics North Carolina. How did you, how did that come in, come about, and what do you do for them? Well, I graduated uh, from Wake Tech Community College in December 2013. And as most college graduates, whether it's junior college or a four-year college, it's very hard at times to find work afterward. Um, I think I went about a year, maybe two 
before I was approached by Kelly Vaughn, our senior vice president, um, about uh, becoming a one day a week, eight hour a day volunteer as a doing an admin assistant, because that's what my degree was in office administration. And I said, sure. I mean, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and so I did that for a while. Now my timing, it could be a little bit off. I don't remember dates very well. Um, I did that for a little while. And then they asked me if I wanted to become a paid uh, employee doing the same thing. Um, I of course said yes. Every little bit of money coming in is a big help. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a little while, and um, I was asked at some point. Then, if I wanted to become, I was offered a position to become an athlete leadership manager for three days a week, part time. And of course I accepted. I um, was really excited about this new position because it kind of got me out of a little bit of out of, out of admin because I discovered I'm not a fan of administration work. Totally. I mean, not all, I, I do like doing it, but some parts I don't like doing. Mm. Um, and so I did that for a little while. And then July of 20, 18 or 2019, um, we were down in South Carolina looking at a venue for our cycling. And uh, my boss, Kelly Vaughn, wanted to um, talk to me out in the van. So we went out and had a conversation in the van. And that's where I was offered the full-time position for the athlete leadership manager. And of course, I accepted. It's my first ever full-time job that is salaried and I get benefits. So um, I was just so excited and I accepted it. And basically what I do is I work with any athlete leaders, whether they're ambassadors, ambassadors are a step down from being a global messenger. Maybe they don't like to give speeches, but they're very capable of saying, hey, you know what? Thank you for coming in today and supporting Special Olympics North right. Carolina um, and talk about the event a little bit. Uh, we have athlete coaches, athlete officials, global messengers, um, along with other athlete volunteers. And so I oversee those programs. Plus, I'm a liaison to our state level athlete council, um, among many other duties. <laughs> Well, that's, it sounds like you're pretty busy, so keep I am. Busy, so, but that's a good thing. It's always good to, you know, and I, um, I guess to follow up with it, um, does it, does it make you feel like, you know, your voice is being heard because you're working, you know, for your state program and, you know, do you think that that'll, um, allow other athletes to, you know, work in their state programs as well? Yeah, I do know. I do believe that my voice is being heard um, because I have made suggestions on trainings uh, that we should do, um, such as uh, we've created a training for athletes as fundraisers. Mm -hmm. So, and we're not talking about athletes like just helping at state level fundraising events, actually running as a, a fundraiser 
um, on their own because uh, I love to go out and fundraise. And, um, and so we created this training. I've suggested that we uh, have start uh, the Alps University and we're in the process of starting it this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, other things I've recommended, they've, they've started. Uh, our athletes are also involved with um, creating uh, athlete-led coaching Special Olympics athletes training for coaches. Mm -hmm. And it's in our wording, so it's easier for us to um, teach. Um, so yeah, our voices are being, my voice is being heard along with other athletes' voices. That's good. I, and I think what I like is like, uh, when I helped, um, other doing trainings or whatever, I think it helps when it does come from our voice, you know, our voices, but I think it also helps other athletes when we're teaching it, you know, instead of, there's nothing wrong with staff teaching it. Don't get me wrong, but I think that, um, there's more of a familiarity, you know, when it's coming from another athlete. You know, because it's like, oh, you've been there, or you know what we're, you know, what what we're talking about. So you know, so I think that kind of helps too. So, our our coaching Special Olympics athletes training is completely athlete led. There, the only staff that's there is for IT and backup support, um, and that is the goal. We currently are doing that new training, the unified leadership trainings. Yes. We are partially staff and partially athletes, but our goal is to um, eventually just be all athletes because I believe, and as well as Special Olympics North Carolina believes, that their athletes are very capable of teaching these programs. Oh, that's that I agree. I definitely agree. So, uh, so both of you and both you and I just recently became, you know, members of the United States Athlete Input Council. Uh, I represent the Great Lakes region, and you represent the Southeast. Uh, what do you look forward to accomplishing, you know, at your new role? And you give like maybe one or two examples. I know there's a bunch of stuff we do. So, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, right now, I'm still kind of taking it in, because um, I'm I'm currently involved in a lot of things right now. So, um. I'm just taking it in, but I'm really looking forward to the older athletes committee. Mm -hmm. um, we have not met yet, so I'm still not sure what we do. But um, because I'm getting older, I just turned 50 in February. Uh, happy um, birthday, late, so, yeah. Thank you. Um, and I'm really curious about... Um, my goal is for that committee is to... Um, put something out there that changes the wording uh, in, our, in our bylaws, whether it's the state level or national level, wherever it needs to go, is to change the wording that you have to be an active athlete to be an athlete leader, mm -hmm. um, to change that so that the older athletes that aren't competing, that eventually may not be able to compete at all, but still wanna be active, um, can still be an athlete leader and be a part of their program. Oh, that's a great idea. And I know we were talking about it here in Illinois and we were coming up with maybe what, what were some sports we maybe came up with with cornhole, mm -hmm. like the bad games, you know, the bad game. Mm -hmm. um, what else were you thinking? You were thinking of one, like three on three. Three on three. Uh, basketball. Basketball. 
you know, or just some, like, easier games, you know, easier sports that maybe, you know, older athletes might be able to do, and then, you know, and things like that, so I'm looking forward to what you kind of, you guys come out with, you know, with that, too, so. so. Yeah, and eventually athletes, there might be athletes that can't compete at all, right? but they still want to be involved because they've been in the program, and they don't want to just quit. Right, I mean, that's, like, what you're doing, what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, so glad you can read all these. So right here. Outside of Special Olympics, what are some of your favorite things you like to do? Mm. <laughs> I love bird watching. Um, <laughs> every moment I get, I, I just stop and watch the birds. Like I have two feeders outside my window right now that the birds are eating out of. And um, I also like to... Um, I haven't done it for quite a while, but I hope maybe someday to get back to it is I've been a Civil War reenactor. Um, did that for 13 years. I've uh, fought both on the Confederate side and the Union side. Uh, I learned more about the Civil War that way than I have ever learned in school. Um, and that's one of my, I mean, I can't, I don't know the reenactment, but, but I, we had actually, uh, in high school, we actually had a class that taught civil, just on Civil War. And, you oh, know, wow. That's one of, I really like history, but that's one of, the, that's the most, to me, that's one of the most fascinating times in our history, you know, because yeah. it shows how, you know, we, we grew apart, but then we came together, you know? Yep. So, yep. yeah. Before the Civil War, all the states were pretty much separate. Right. They weren't, we were we were a United States, but the states pretty much were separate. If that's easy to understand, um, yeah. but the war brought them together in the end. And my dream someday is to go to Gettysburg. Oh, uh, I do like that. I've been there. I went there because uh, my aunt, my uncle used to have. Um, a timeshare in Ocean City, and so, wow. um, so, but they lived in Pittsburgh, so on our way up there one time, uh, we stopped at Gettysburg, and, you know, it was really fascinating, it was really nice, have you ever been? Yeah. Yeah, you'll go. I know. So, but, um, yeah, it was really interesting, and it was really, yeah, you'll enjoy it, so, yeah. I spent, I, I did that, what I did basically was, I was a woman disguised as a man, so I could fight. Oh. And it wasn't with any particular unit that I did this with, but I did serve in the first United States Berdan Sharpshooters Company C, which those, the unit, um, maybe not my particular unit, I just don't know yet, but the sharpshooters did fight in Gettysburg off a little round top. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to, that's one place I want to go see specifically. But I also fought with the 5th Texas Company C Hoods Brigade. So, and they were definitely there at Gettysburg. So, um, that is my, my bucket list. Oh, I understand that you'll have a, you'll have a great time. So, yeah. So, glad you asked that. Disney. Disney will host the next USA Games June 5th through the 12th of 2022. What is one. What is one or two things you are looking forward to seeing? I um, am looking forward to learning a, a new leadership opportunity in the Special Olympics movement and being the 
uh, athlete assistant technical delegate. So I'm no longer officiating right now at the national level. I'll be actually planning and running the um, the volleyball venue with Daniel Leake, my fellow um, TD. But I think I'm also definitely looking forward to going back to where I went to boot camp at. Yeah, like we talked before, that's, you know, if we get it, I get a chance to, I would love to go back there. So, um, how many, so how many people, how many people or how many athletes are you guys going to bring down there to Disney this time for USA? We've got 75 athletes for North oh, Carolina. Wow. That's a, that's a good size. Yeah. Delegation. So. Yeah, 75 is a good number to bring down, a little bit easier or manageable. Because uh, when you get to 100 or more, it starts, <laughs> it's a lot harder. Oh, most definitely. And could you tell us a little bit about, do you know how, like the, uh, the just in case people, our listeners don't know how, how athletes maybe get this uh, in your, at least in how you guys do it in your state? How athletes maybe get chosen to become um, eligible for the USA Games? Yeah, very easily. Um, let's say uh, pick golf, for right. example. Um, I What they'll do is from each division, they'll take the people that won a gold medal. And um, from the f- previous year's uh, games, mm-hmm. and they'll put those names in a hat. And whoever is drawn out will be selected to go to the USA Games or World Games. It's the same same format. Mm-hmm. But there's also interviewing process, too. They interview the coordinators, the, the parents, um, just to see if it's going to be a good fit for the athlete. Mm-hmm. And then they'll interview the athlete and see if they want to come. Right. Well, um, and, yeah, and that's a good, I think that's a good way to do it. I think that's how we, I think almost every program kind of has the same thing, but I think that's the best way to do it. It's, I think that's way it makes it more of a fair, you know, way to do it. And then also, you know, you might have an athlete that thinks you want, you know, that, but, you know, once it's always good to, I think, to get um, a, a coach's perspective as well as some other people's perspective because, you know, they know them more than maybe you do. So, you know, a little bit, so... And going to a, a st- your state level summer games or fall games can be a lot less stressful than going to a national level, USA games and world games, because you're go, 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 go. Once you get there, you're, you don't get a lot of downtime. Right. So. Right. Right. I mean, I think some people, you know, when they, they think they do, you know, but then when they get there, I mean, I've never been, this will be our mine and his first USA games from, but from what we've heard, you know, the athletes think that, you know, they get, Oh, it's Disney. So we'll be able to go and have all this downtime. But then it's like, I think they're kind of going to be, you know, shocked when they go down there. Oh, wait a minute. We, we have to go here, here and here, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You, you, your schedule is pretty much set in blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to get a little extra time, take it, but don't plan on it. Right, exactly. right, right. Oh, God. I, uh, what is one thing you would like to tell people about yourself that they might not know about you? <laughs> uh, that they don't know about me. 
Um, well, since I don't know who my audience is, I will say that in 2015, before the US, uh, the World Summer Games, my first World Summer Games as an athlete official, um, I was on the Robin Roberts special that aired uh, just before opening ceremonies. Um, and my story was considered the feature story. And because of being on that special, I actually had the CEO at the time of Special Olympics International come up to where I was staying in the dorms um, and thank me for being on there. And I had no idea who she was. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wasn't as big of an um, athlete leader then. I was really just starting to feel my way. Because mm -hmm. I had just become a global messenger earlier in that year, I believe. Um, I was a new athlete official. Because my first ever National Games was uh, 2014 as an athlete official. So then the following year was the World Summer Games. Mm -hmm. So I was still fairly new. Right. Oh, I understand. I mean, and, and it gets, you know, I know you said it too, that it gets confusing, you know, because there's always people that maybe, you, you know, that we meet all the time that, you know, that's on yeah. a high level like that, you know, and there's always people that change and all that stuff. And so it's like, you know, oh, who is this or have I met this person before, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I understand that. So, um, go ahead. Yeah. If you could give any advice to people on how to interact with individuals with intellectual. intellectual disabilities, what would it be? Do not judge a book by its cover. Don't assume um, that, two things, don't assume if, because you see me, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very articulate, I'm able to to stay focused and answer questions. And I look fairly normal as most people would say, don't assume that I don't have a disability and don't assume that I don't struggle with this disability if you don't see it. Yeah. But also don't assume if you see someone that's got dis obvious disabilities that they're not capable of doing something either. You don't know till you give them a chance exactly exactly it's like you know just like everybody that doesn't have an intellectual disability is unique you know we are too it's like not everybody like i always tell people you know just because you know one for not everybody that has an intellectual disability looks the same or acts the same you know we have our all of us have our own strengths and our own weaknesses you know and that's what makes us unique you know and that's what everybody does you know so oh, yes yeah, so, so um, well, thank you so much, Christine, for joining us today. We, oh my God, we really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Individuals. We hope you enjoyed our show today. Car come here. Thank uh, you so before, much for having me uh, here. Before we leave today, no Lisa and I would like to remind everyone to make sure that sure and get their COVID vaccines and boosters. So. Uh, before we end, we would like to remind everyone to subscribe to our channel and remember that people with intellectual disabilities can accomplish whatever they want with the right support. So.